Welcome to That Creative Life. Hi, my name is Sarah Dietschy and I am your host. I talk with artists, YouTubers, CEOs, and everyone in between. I hope this podcast helps you live your best creative life. Enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of That Creative Life. Today, we have a special guest, Ryan Sirhant. He is the star of Million Dollar Listing New York, leader of the Sirhant team, which is NYC's number one real estate team, best-selling author of Sell It Like Sirhant, and now... Congrats on your brand new book, Big Money Energy, which people can pre-order now. Ryan, welcome to That Creative Life. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. This in is the Tribeca. first time in the studio. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's very bright. Lots of colors. Mm-hmm. Lots of neon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. So before I ask you any questions, congrats on the most adorable baby ever. Thank you. I always look forward to seeing your IG stories. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't posted anything in a little while just because it's just has been a... Uh, uh, it's a, a unique time and it hasn't felt right to even yeah. post anything. Just even just with my wife, we're like, I don't know. I think we just sort of like turned off and have been paying attention to mm-hmm. like the greater world in general. And, um, uh, but yes, you know, she, she's a fan of the Instagram, that baby, she, uh, uh, she doesn't know how to do a whole lot of things, but she knows how to take the phone and she'll like, I guess because she sees us. So it's just so weird. She'll take the phone and she'll like hold it up and start going like this to take <laughs> selfies. And then she'll yell at it when it doesn't do something. And then she'll go and pick up the other phone as if the other phone is going to do something differently. It's like a whole. An influencer in the making. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But she's huge. She has feet. You know, like if you ever saw a, uh, like a puppy golden retriever. Mm-hmm. Right, they're like baby, they're like little mm-hmm. puppies, but and then you grow into their feet. Yeah, and then the, but the the paws are huge, <laughs> and you're like, whoa, this is not a puppy. This is a miniature huge dog. Her feet are like it's like the size of my hand. Like my and I have these I have big like I have big hands, I think. And so it's just like it's so I, I don't know. She's gonna love grow that. up and beat me up. I love that. Yeah. Oh, she's cool. She's yeah, cool. That's amazing. So as you said, yeah, I haven't posted a YouTube video. I'm probably two weeks you know i think it's definitely a time of like reflection and yeah. um all the things that are happening um especially here in the city i yeah. mean if you're back you know we your offices you're on broadway i'm on broadway yeah. you know you're in tribeca i'm in soho you know there's and my apartment there's, is off flatbush in brooklyn oh, so, so there you go so yeah. there's yeah i mean and i'm in soho too you know where i live so yeah. you know between the riots and the protests and the silent protests and the good messages and then you know the conflicting messages and it's just there's just a lot like i you know have been trying to do stuff in the office and there's like just chance like up and down broadway and it just hasn't felt right to put out a youtube video about um like what we typically put out right to right. put out a property tour to put out a day in the life or an inspirational video like there's there's far too much going on in the world uh right now that people should be paying attention to that is a hundred percent not me mm-hmm. yeah you know? that's i mean that's a good way to look at it luckily you know, I've, I've heard a lot of feedback I've kept with my podcast and I think people are using this opportunity to think about their life. What can they do differently? Oh man, yeah. maybe I'm in a situation that I really do not enjoy. If my nine to five is like my entire life and, um, you hate it, then, Hey, let's reevaluate things. And yeah. you started your real estate career in 2008. So yeah. this is a unique opportunity to talk to you because we're kind of living through, I feel like almost maybe a more extreme version of that um, just because there's so many outside forces. But what made you in 2008 when the world was kind of burning around you, especially real estate, to get into the thing that everyone was talking about and it was cratering? Um, I had no money. (laughs) Like I ran out of money. So I was in New York City. I didn't want to go home. Um, uh, I was born in Texas, but by that point, I grew up outside Boston and my parents had then moved to Colorado. So 
if New York City wasn't going to work, I had to figure something else out or basically just go home to Colorado and like work on a ranch or what do you do? Like you go back to school or you get a temp job or you get a, a waitressing job or like this didn't really exist. You know, there wasn't the idea that you could become a influencer or do YouTube or, mm-hmm. or be a creator in any way. I mean, maybe there was, but it wasn't, um, it de- you know, 12 years ago, it definitely wasn't practical. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't want to leave the city because I knew that New York City was just like the song, you know, it's the concrete jungle where dreams are made of. And if I can make it here and figure it out, then, then I wanted to leave and I wanted to go home and I won't be a failure. And so I just, you know, very anxious and kind of stressed myself out, I think a lot. Uh, and I needed to figure out how to pay rent. And a friend of mine from college said, listen, you are an actor. And that's what I came to New York city to do is to act and do theater and film and do my best. And it wasn't really working out. Uh, and he said, you know, real estate brokerage is kind of the same thing. So if you just don't get on a stage, just memorize information, right? Just like you memorize yeah. lines about buildings, about mm-hmm. apartments, about this, that, the other. And, you know, when you're trying to be an actor in New York, every day you wake up and you put your headshot and your resume together and you send it out to casting directors and agents and you try to go get seen for auditions. And it's you're pushing, pushing, pushing all day long, making no money, mm-hmm. right? Being a real estate agent when you start is the same exact thing. You wake up, you post ads, you run around the city making no money. And you had that moped, that purple moped. Ryan. Not until later. I didn't <laughs> okay. get that purple Vespa until uh, I could afford a purple Vespa. That was a couple years later. But uh, the okay. beginning, it was just me running around the city on foot wow. and taking the subway, dripping in sweat in the summer. Were you still rocking the jackets and the full on suit no. during those times? Okay. No, I had like khaki pants, you know, an assortment, leather cowboy boots, my cowboy mm. belt, uh, and, Colorado, a, Texas. and like a green collared shirt yeah like it was like a you know when your parents tell you to put on your nice clothes as a dude like that's that's what you put on right mm-hmm. tuck in the shirt and you're good to go <laughs> and i would walk around and try to do rental deals around the city and it was uh and it was really 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 hard mm-hmm. but you know the two years uh in the city previously of trying to act and just being beaten up personally right like where the rejection is to your face because of your face like it, it really prepped me and gave me thick skin to be able to uh, do the real estate thing, which is rejection all day long. But it's not because of your face, mostly, right? It's because they found something else or they don't want to take that apartment or it's too early or it's too late or the windows or whatever the case may be. And so I just wanted to do volume and I just got addicted to it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's why I got into it at that time. I had no idea that it was the worst time because I, I, I didn't have money. Like I didn't have money in the stock market. I didn't know. I saw on the news, like, wow, this looks like some crazy stuff is going on, but, uh, it didn't affect me the same way this pandemic affects me. Yeah. Very different world now. And let's just, let's talk about that. What has changed? Cause it was so funny in, in prep for this, I was watching some of your previous interviews and on the breakfast club last year, you know, you were saying it's a buyer's market. Yeah, still. <laughs> and yeah, so how has that, has it changed at all? Like to what magnitude is it even more of a buyer's market now? Um, it kind of remains to be seen. You know, New York is is unique. Uh, and as we talk right now, New York is still mostly still under quarantine, right? Mm-hmm. We've only opened phase one, which is mostly construction and super essential services. Phase two, which includes kind of almost everybody else right like us and Mm -hmm. regular office buildings and real estate and finance that's not till hopefully june 22nd unless there's this massive spike so we've been shut down i haven't been able to show an apartment uh and i i haven't been able to really go back to the office since march 22nd wow so it's gonna end up being 90 days which is gonna 
feel like the longest 90 days ever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for my team, it's where it's going to be a really, really tough year, right? When we look back on 2020, and I think it will be for everybody, but, um, you know, we set ourselves up with an entire media team and everything two years prior so that we could be not to be prepared in case anything ever happens, but just because I knew people were looking for real estate in so many different ways, why not have different mediums to meet people? But it's definitely scary. Like, you know, if your whole life is showing real estate and then you have to turn that off for 90 days in the middle of the spring selling season, what do you do? And there's agents all around the world who, uh, and there's people all around the world who immediately their income is shut off for months. Like, what do you we do mm-hmm. like it's so it's it's been really really kind of scary and terrifying but eye-opening right like we we are going to be far more prepared for the next time this happens and knock on wood if you had this wood <laughs> behind me um for this hopefully never to happen again but yeah. right uh hurricane sandy made us kind of disaster proof mm-hmm. and the financial recession of 2008 made us recession proof so that we can always be prepared and i think we'll come out of it stronger mm-hmm. we always do new york is unique with all of the apartments, all of the buildings, the lack of backyards, because yeah. I, I think people are seeing that. Of course, real oh, yeah. estate. That's my, what now. yeah, <laughs> you know, real estate as a whole. Okay, you can't show places, but now people are thinking, oh, I might want a house in a backyard. And oh, yeah. the it's so funny. Represent Texas. I'm from Grapevine, and yeah. you, it's Grapevine Keller, Mall. Right? Yeah, yeah, we talked Grapevine about that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we're kind of from the same the same metroplex in the Dallas yeah. Fort Worth area, and real estate there is pretty affordable. And you can have yeah. the backyard and in, a pool, in a pool, a car. Yeah, exactly. Have a life. <laughs> exactly. And so it's so it's so different here in New York. So I I think things are definitely different. But at the same time, you know, I'm on my Zillow app, and I saw a place that was. I don't want to use the word affordable, but it had an entire private roof nice. in in Williamsburg. And even I was like, oh, okay, wait, this is interesting. So there's still people out there, yeah, right? And the moment I emailed them, the the first response was, oh, we already have an offer. I was like, what? It just happened. What? Yeah. Everything with outdoor space right now uh, is what's attractive. Right. Um, but like I've said from the beginning of this whole thing, like this is a $6 trillion PR campaign for homes. <laughs> like it's going to be very bad for the housing market while we're in it. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, I mean, there's no better way to show someone the value of a new house than by locking them in their current shitty house. That's so true. Right? Like right now you're at the office. <laughs> yeah. Right? Then yeah. you go home tonight and you're tired and you might say, "Oh man, I always wish we had a bigger place with a roof deck." Mm-hmm. But then you're going to wake up, go back to work, like mm-hmm. we all do. And then you procrastinate, you know, and that's why people stay in the same tiny apartment in New York City for like 10 years. You're like, <laughs> "I know I needed to move when I had my ninth kid." But like, you know, the rent's good and I'm just working all the time. So now, yeah. like you work from home, everyone's on these Zooms, so you're seeing all, you see all these breakups and divorces yeah. everywhere. Like Kelly Clarkson just went down. Like it's unbelievable. <laughs> really? Yeah. Did you see that news yesterday? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's Aww. crazy. They you seem know? like a genuine couple. <laughs> yeah, but when you lock people together yeah. in solitary confinement yeah. for ninety days, it's like, hey, can yeah. you make it through this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. Um, and then you have a lot of New Yorkers who listen. It, there was a lot of New Yorkers who left the city after 9-11. There's a lot of New Yorkers who left the city after 2008. And there's a lot of New Yorkers who left the city after Hurricane Sandy. Um, and there's a lot of New Yorkers who are going to leave now who are going to say the same thing that you just did, where it's like, I've got two kids. I live in a two-bedroom apartment that's 1,000 square feet. My maintenance and taxes combined are $4,500 a month. That's before 
my mortgage payments. I got a nanny who comes during the day because my wife also works. I'm always stressed. I'm always anxious. Is New York City worth it? And if now, you know, their boss says, hey, we're going to pay you the same thing, uh, sort of, but you don't have to come to work ever again. Mm-hmm. And you're going to say, okay, South Orange, New Jersey has lanterns. Like you're going to say, <laughs> you know, Connecticut has trees. And you're going to, you know, if you don't need to be in New York, I think there's going to be a lot of people who say I don't need to be in New York. But the flip side to that is, you know, the suburbs and houses have been around for a real long time, like before cities. And so people have always had the choice and people who need energy, who need excitement, who want success uh, and other people and the theater and restaurants and all this stuff, once it all opens back up, those people are not going to be okay with going to Outback every Friday. (laughs) <laughs> right. Or cooking at home. Yeah. You know, even pre COVID, we would sell apartments all the time to people who were tired of the city. They had kids and they wanted to get out. And a year later, I'd say like seven out of 10 would call mm. and say, I can't do this. Um, I can't. I, we don't even use half the house. It's so, it's so, it's too much maintenance. It's this, that, the other. I hate the commute. I don't want to do this anymore. I miss my friends. I miss the people. I miss having the deli 24 seven on the corner, you know, like bagels. Yeah. Once you get a, once you get used to city life, you get addicted to it and it's, it's like a drug. Like all of a sudden go cold turkey because of COVID. I don't know. I don't know. And something that this is a personal question. As someone who loves the city, maybe I won't be here for my entire life, but yeah. I see myself here for the next 10 years of my life yeah. and, and looking at the landscape and looking in the budget that isn't the people that you see on million dollar listing of five, 10, 20 million dollars, right? Yeah. But looking in the range of 900 to 1.5 and you're looking at these places and it's very different than the typical mortgage and the typical homeowners association. The moment you look in Manhattan, you're looking at prices of fifteen hundred a month for the HOA, yep. for the taxes, fifteen hundred yep. to two thousand. And so you're not even cutting into interest and your mortgage, That's right? Expensive. And the principal, right? And so this is something actually I messaged your team about because yeah. I was I was just curious. I was like, hey guys, what's up? I'm a fan, but I might become a customer soon. Help me. And I'm glad I can ask you face to face. Is are those opportunities worth it because i've noticed as you get to the two three four million dollar range the hoa kind of stays the same right so maybe it's depending more, on depending on what you you get in the building but right yeah. right and so it's everything is a trade-off but can you speak to some of those those places that are the fifteen hundred dollar the two thousand dollar hoa for a 1.2 million dollar apartment why yeah. how does that make sense so listen it it is always better to own real estate than it is to rent it, right? Um, if you are going to be in New York City for the next 10 years, and you know that, pending something changing, right? But if you know I'm going to be here for the next 10 years, you need to figure out what your monthly budget is, multiply it by 12 and multiply it by 10. If you're okay with lighting that money on fire, then like, then go for it, yeah. right? It's not really on fire. You're going to pay money anyway to live, but like you... You're not building equity in anything. You don't own anything. You're borrowing someone else's land and their house and you're going to be here for 10 years. If you're going to be here for a couple of years, then maybe buying isn't for you mm-hmm. unless you just have disposable cash and, you know, you get a good deal. Um, but, you know, you have to look at it kind of like a rent versus buy scenario. So we always look at it in terms of, OK, what's that comparable apartment cost to rent it? 
does it exist, right? You want that place with that outdoor space, that roof deck. Let's go find something comparable and see what it really costs to rent um, if you love it. And if you can't find it, or it's roughly the same amount combined with those HOA, so the common charges and the monthly real estate and then taxes. you have that extra space. Plus, and you, yeah, yeah. Plus, your, plus your mortgage. If the numbers are comparable, or even if the owning it is a little bit more expensive, because you do get some deductions, not what it used to be pre-Trump, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. do get some deductions. Um, then it is always worth it if you have the down payment. Mm-hmm. Right? If you've got the down payment, banks and credit is so low. Like interest rates are the lowest they've ever been in the history of time like that's are people doing lower down payments right now like 10 percent? like is it there are some places you can Mm -hmm. yeah you just got to get pre-approved with certain banks it it depends right every bank and lending institution does it uh, a little bit differently um if you've got a good banking relationship they can find different ways to do it right um but most people are putting down 20 to 30 percent that's kind of the Mm -hmm. the standard and the average um and the more you put down if you have the cash, the less your monthly payments are going to be. So, right, right. you know, people say, well, I only want to put 10% down. I'm like, okay, so are you okay then with $5,000 a month? You're like, well, no, 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 no. Right, I don't, right. I want, I also want the low monthlies. And so there's, there's a trade-off. You do right. have to invest into it. Right. But if you look at a graph of, you know, home ownership in the United States, especially in New York City, over time, values go up. You know, you just can't try to time it. You try right. to time anything, it never works. the same works. thing with the stock market. We, we've yeah. seen crazy volatility over the past few months. Yeah. And, um, okay, enough of my selfish questions. Maybe let's go broader for the creators listening out here. Um, in your first book, you talk about juggling a ton of balls, right? Having yeah. having things in the air, some fall on the ground, some of them you, you can catch. Um, speak to that a little bit. What does that mean? Because we have a lot of creators out in the audience who are YouTubers yeah. or podcasters. They, they want to do 10 different things. How? Yeah. And so why? <laughs> kind of my, my sales game theory, if you will, is to not focus on one deal at a time, right? Because you never know what's going to happen with that. You want to focus on things you can actually control. And I can't control a deal, you know? Um, and so it's the ability to focus on as many deals at a time as possible. And then to have systems set up. It always comes down to the systems and then the discipline to manage those systems. So, you know, my media team uh, has... 15 videos going at any given time, but there is a complete system set up where they know when they're going to edit things, how they're going to edit, who handles kind of storyboarding it out to who handles putting the music in, to who handles putting the captions, to who handles doing the graphics. productivity boom, apps? Boom, 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 what, boom, boom, boom. What does that look like? Whiteboards. Okay. Uh, whiteboards, monday.com, our calendars, email. Uh, I think some of the guys use Slack um, and a couple other things, but for the most part, it's all kind of put together in those those four kind of platforms um so that way everything's organized like you can do way more than you think like we have i don't know we have like 300 listings for sale right now um and i'm just one person Mm -hmm. and so i have a team that helps it and each of them then manages a chunk of those listings and then i manage that person and then they manage those sellers and then i come in as I need to, to make sure things get sold or to make sure deals get closed or to make sure we get price reductions or to make sure that we get that staged here and there. But I'm not focused on all 300 listings all day long. And I think that's where people get freaked out, mm-hmm. right? Creators will sit there and they'll look at the 10 video projects they have all up on one screen and then scribble down on their notepad or on some post-its and like, oh my God, I don't know even where to start. Whiteboard. This is the cleanest this whiteboard has been for yeah. months. Oh, is this a whiteboard yeah. table? <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. cool. Nice. Just, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, creators are notoriously unorganized. So oh, that's, for sure. That's no, I've worked on that with my team <laughs> over here. Yeah. 
That's yeah. a that's a thing I've because uh, they create things. With. Yeah, you know? and it's the it's the messy creative thing, and that's how you get to a certain point. And you get this audience because you're just you're so passionate about it and you're a part of every part of the process. But that's yeah. something I've learned recently is, oh, my gosh, you're, you're telling me I got to open up a Google Doc and document every single uh, process of me editing this podcast in order to hire someone. But then now that I have, what, a hundred podcasts edited that I haven't even touched. Yeah, that's worth it. Right. And 100%. then you can do more things. You can juggle more balls. Yeah, of course. Right. So if you have the the system set up and then it's about leveraging other people. So as you know, you if you're really good at editing one video at a time, do that. If you want more work, you need to bring on possibly a junior editor like Jack here. Right. Jack uh, has one year of college left, came in from California um, and he's going to be here for a couple months. And then we're going to milk his time even when he's in school (laughs) because we're just never going to let him go forever. Right. (laughs) That's our secret master plan. Um, And he wants to learn. He wants to build up his book and his portfolio and run around the city for a little bit. And um, and so, you know, it works. And there's lots of people like that who are really creative, who are there to to help, you know, and so utilize other people, leverage other people, create within your own network, right? Especially creators. Like I've seen it more than anything, you know, like I, I mean, I know a lot of real estate agents because I work with them all the time, but creators like have their little hubs, you Mm -hmm. know, their group texts and, you know, they, they know how to reach everybody on social. And like, I could go to Adrian or Puma or, you know, or Andrew Jack or bliss at any time and say, Hey, do you have somebody who like, I don't know, is really good with like, gumballs and like videotape and they'll be like yeah i got a guy yeah i got a guy <laughs> yeah. i'll find him I, you know i had dinner with him like two, like four nights ago and he was telling me who's the gumball and videotape guy and i was like dude that's so crazy but wow awesome so funny you bring it up I'm like whoa all right great you know so it's it's setting up the systems okay and setting up that discipline structuring your day and actually using your calendar i think is huge mm-hmm. right so you don't wake up and have white space all day long you actually have it broken down and you adhere to it right and then leveraging other people if you have to spend money or a lot of time right now to set up systems to give you more time mm-hmm. to record more podcasts. That's the hardest thing. You have to take that time, pause 100%. everything for a few days in order to set it up. Yeah. I think that's what people like. Oh, I don't have time for that. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, you, no, you have, have to. Take the time. Yeah. You want to do more. Yeah. And it's what comes down with like training people too. You know, people ask me all the time about hiring team members or hiring uh, agents or admin staff like the the. Every new person is going to be like a child that misbehaves because the child doesn't know they're misbehaving unless you parent them and teach them what to do. So you can't get frustrated with people when they don't do what you didn't tell them to do. Exactly. Oh, that's a big lesson to learn. Yeah. And everyone, it takes everyone a long time to learn it. I learn it every day with the baby where I'm like, why is she doing that? Damn it. Listen to me. (laughs) Like, (laughs) don't do this. Same thing with the team and like my staff. You know, you got to take that time to really build out that playbook or that set of expectations. Even if you don't think you you have one, like there are ways that you like to work. You like to edit. You like to cut. You like to shoot. You like to record. Write those down. I'm sure you can come up with like 10 steps for how you like to do things so that when you are working with someone who's either an intern or somebody that you're doing like a shared drive with who happens to be somewhere else, you know, in the world that they know, okay, I'm going to work with you. Here are my 10 things that he likes to have me do or she likes to have me do. I'm going to make that happen. Mm -hmm. No problem. And then if they screw that up, then. Then, hey, hey, I told you right here. Yeah. And now one one strike strike. policy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
Thank you, Skillshare, for sponsoring that creative life. Skillshare is an online learning community for creatives where millions come together to take the next step in their creative journey. So they have classes in film, video, music production, and animation, just to list off a few. And guess what? I have a class. It is called How to Vlog, and it really is YouTube basics. So it's what should be your first camera. How do you start video editing? How do you even open up a premiere timeline? How to vlog? The things that go uh, into that. And even if you don't want to be a YouTuber, just documenting life, I think, is one of the most rewarding things. And that will help you take your first step in doing it. And I'll make sure to link uh, my Skillshare class down in the description below as well. Members get unlimited access to thousands and thousands of classes that have hands-on projects and real feedback from a community of literally millions of people. So you don't just buy one class when you join, you have access to thousands of them. So there's a lot of weird uncertainty right now. And to be honest, guys, um, I'm not feeling like at my most creative as I used to, which I think is understandable. Um, but Ali Abdal and Thomas Frank, who both have been on this podcast, um, they both have amazing Skillshare classes about productivity. And it's really just been inspiring for me to watch and learn from them and focusing on the organization of my work, which I know will help me in the future once I once I get back all of that video energy, uh, video making energy, excuse me. Um, but that's been really fun to lock down some new tools, uh, you know, for different types of workflows with organization. You guys know I've talked about Notion and I'm really getting into that and they use that a lot. And so they have Skillshare classes. And even though I might not be producing as many videos, it's just, it's a great uh, thing to learn. And I'm learning new things, which helps my, helps jog my brain. (laughs) Um, You know, if you have kids at home, There's so many creative classes and projects that you can engage not only with yourself, but with your kiddos. Anyways, so I say all this to say, check out Skillshare.com slash That Creative Life. And it's also pretty affordable with the annual subscription. It is less than $10 a month. So check out the two free months, Skillshare.com slash That Creative Life. And uh, let's get back to the podcast. I didn't know of you on Million Dollar Listing. So I, I became aware of you once you came on the radar of like Gary Vee and Casey and all that. So it was fun to learn who you are, what yeah. you do and all the content that you created. And then I kind of backtracked a little bit. And because I, I, even though I'm not a designer, I'm always obsessed with just like branding and design stuff. So I had like a, an entire Pinterest board of this one movie because I loved the branding and it was While We're Young. Oh, hilarious. And because the yellow design of it and their website, I was just obsessed with it. And so, so, you know, and I had watched the movie and I was just like, man, what a cool, like hipster, quirky movie. Right. Yeah. Fast forward now. And oh, my gosh, you were in that movie. Yeah. And I had no idea. And it's so fun to see these little Easter eggs of you throughout, you know, because you were a hand model, you were an actor and you've kind of been able through Million Dollar Listing as well to to become kind of all the things that you are it's cool how did while we're young happen yeah oh man so it's and it's a movie with ben stiller by the way it's like yeah, a I think legit it's on netflix movie. now yeah came out in 2014 with ben stiller adam driver amanda seyfried yeah naomi watts like everybody yeah. uh directed by noah bombach so like i i got out of acting right in so I got into real estate at the end of 2008, but I was still trying to do theater. Like mm-hmm. my first year in the real estate business, 
I made $9,100 in real estate. And so I was still like hand modeling on the side um, because that paid way better than renting apartments. Uh, And I was still trying to be an actor. Like I hadn't given up on acting yet. I was, I was, this was real estate was like my temp job and it was sold to me by my friend is like, Hey, post ads, rent an apartment or two a month, right? You rent an apartment a day. So, you know, Monday and Tuesday rent each an apartment. If they're $4,000 apartments, then you get 2000 bucks as your fee in your pocket. So you'll make $4,000 for that with that, you know, those two deals that covers all of your expenses for the entire month. And then some, cause my, my rent at the time was like 1100 bucks. And then, oh. you know, I ate like no food. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I worked oh, out well. for free yeah. because I also was a flyer guy on the corner of 63rd and Lex for Equinox. So I didn't have nice. to pay for a gym. I was always into like finding deals. So I didn't have to pay for anything yeah. always. Um, and so, uh, then I was running out of, yeah, definitely running out of money. Oh, Adrian Vasquez blowing me up. Doesn't he know that I'm here? Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, running out of money. And uh, so then I, I then I kind of really got into real estate and I started to really like it and I started to put the, the acting stuff on the side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I just kind of pushed acting away because it just didn't make me happy anymore, right? Just like running around and doing auditions and free theater and, you know, on the side of the road, just like I, I was far more productive and happier and exciting about getting up and doing real estate every day. And then randomly, I go to an open casting call for a reality TV show called Million Dollar Listing for the New York franchise. And I got cast on that in 2010, uh, totally randomly. And then that show comes out in 2012. And then in 2013, uh, Noah Baumbach's casting directors email me on like my work email saying, hey, we're the casting directors for a Noah Baumbach film uh, starring Ben Stiller. We've seen you on Million Dollar Listing. Uh, uh, we think you'd be great for a role we have in a movie from him. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. And this is the guy who I, directed Marriage Story, by the way. Marriage Story, yeah. The Squid and the Whale, yeah, everything. So uh, I get that email. I'm like, this is this is a scam. No way in the world do I try to be an actor my whole life and then quit acting, right. okay, totally, get into real estate as a broker, <laughs> then get cast on a real estate reality TV show to then... Have Noah Baumbach come to me and say, ooh, that guy. Yeah, we want him in our next movie. Silver hair. Yeah, and I'm like, what in the, what in the, what is this, what is this world? So I didn't respond because I I honestly thought that it was, uh, and the casting director, his name was uh, Doug Abel, who's a huge casting director. And I just thought it was like some scam weird thing. And I was just like, whatever. They followed back up with me a couple days later. We're like, hey, want to make sure you got this email. This is serious. And so then I wrote back and then I went, uh, and I hope the story is not too long. I'll make it quick. No, this is great. Then I went to, uh, so I, they said, hey, we want you to audition for this role of this hedge fund guy. Um, we think you'd be great. Uh, and I was like, okay, when is it? So they said, you know, Thursday at 1030 or something like that. And so in my mind, they watched Million Dollar Listing. They saw me. They want me for this thing. This is what it's all about. Who knew this was how I was going to get into filmmaking? Um, <laughs> and so, you know, they sent me the, the it's called Sides, right? The audition side. So yeah. it's like the little script. I got back together with my acting coach who I hadn't seen in two years. We like studied it, went down. And he was like, what is this world? Why are you doing anyway? Um, uh, and so then I went to the audition, walked in uh, to this room and totally thought I was going to see them like sitting there. Thank you so much for coming. There's like 112 dudes that look like me with suits on. Wow. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's an open casting call and they're just trying to find the right guy. 
and it like it was immediately deflating. And I, I don't know why I set the expectation for myself that there was going to be just like me. And, right. But they, I guess they'd reached out to a lot of people. So then I sat, right, and waited. And 10.30 goes by, 11 goes by, 11.30 goes by. And now I'm like pissed off because now like this sucks. Like it just brought me back immediately to trying to be an actor for two years in New York City and sitting in those lines and wasting your time. And it's like, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. But now I'm a real estate agent and I have clients I got to go meet. And yeah. I'm like pushing clients and I'm texting other agents in my office like, hey, I got a showing at 1130. Can you do it? I'm, I'm stuck. And so I'm just kind of frustrated. Finally, it gets to me um, and they call me in like, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. And I was just like, I was just, I, I was just like, you know what? This isn't real. You're not yeah. going to cast me. There's all these professionals here and all that. And I just rocketed through the sides mm-hmm. and went on it. And they were like, okay, do you want to do it again? And I was like, not really. I really got to go. And I left and they called me the next day and they said that was the best audition we had seen. And I was wow. like, what the fuck <laughs> is happening right now? I, I don't want to be an actor and I get into real estate and then you call me and then I go to this huge audition and it sucks and I just sort of like rocket through the lines and I don't, I don't even want to be there anymore and I leave yeah. and you're like, oh, that's what we want. So then they call me back and they're like, Noah wants to meet you in person with Ben to go through the the, the scene because oh you're a, you know important role to this film, even though it was such a small, small role. And I was like, right, okay, sure. Um, so I practice, practice, practice. Uh, and, uh, and then I go to that audition, which... Just the weird part of like fate here is, you know, Million Dollar Listing uh, is run by a production company called World of Wonder. They're based in L.A. And so every year um, they rent like a short term office in New York City, right? Anywhere in the city. Right now, our short term office is on like West 45th Street. It could be anywhere where they like set up shop with all their L.A. crew and then they get the cameras and all that stuff. So the the while we're young, second callback with Ben Stiller and, and Noah Baumbach is at this building that I like, I remembered when I got there. Um, and I got up there and I go to the floor and they call me into the room and it was the same room that Million Dollar Listing has used as their season one office. Wow. And so I walk in and Ben Stiller's there and Noah Bombach's like, oh, thanks so much. You're okay. That's great. You know, have a seat. I sit there and all I can think about is how fucking weird this is all. <laughs> and Ben Stiller looks at me. He's like, hey, how are you? And I look him dead in the eye and I'm like, I've been in this room before. <laughs> and that's all I said. I was oh like, I've been, I've been in this room before. And he was like, okay, <laughs> great. And he looked at Noah. Noah was like, okay, uh, well, hi, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. And I just did it. And they, and it was a funny scene and they just wouldn't stop laughing. And they kept breaking and having to restart. And then I left and there was these other guys they called back and then they called me the next day and they were like, you got it. You're, you're it. And I think it was because I was, I had no time for them during the first one. And during the second one, I was super awkward. And I think when it all came down to it, I, as all the actors that they saw for that role, which was probably hundreds at the end of the day, right? I probably cared the least. Mm. And when I think about real estate and real estate negotiations and what I've learned over the years, uh, every negotiation is a relationship. And the one in the relationship who has all the power is the one who cares the least. Wow. Right? Mm -hmm. And so um, that's how I got cast in that movie. And then we shot it. They brought me to the Toronto Film Festival. It was like this whole thing. It was crazy. And I was like, I'll never forget it. It was the greatest time of my life. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. And I, I have moments where, you know, you're doing your own, your own thing, YouTube channel, you're financially independent, but oh, an email slips through. Oh, it's with 
yeah. this TV. Oh, interesting. They want to, because I do a lot of hosting stuff. Yeah. So I, I think I've only gone through that experience twice where you go there. But for me, it's one of those things where they reach out to me because of my personality and I, I can talk well. I can yeah. look at a camera. I can improvise. But I'm the very like, uh, I don't even know, like the girl next door look. So for me, when I go there, it's all these like super skinny and tall models where they look nothing like me. And it's one of those situations where I feel terrible in in this in this little ecosystem. You yeah. do it, you go and eh, maybe something goes from it. But then you go back to your own thing. And it just it makes me appreciate the the time that we're in where you have a camera. You can do whatever you want. You can form all your own long. audience. Yeah, of course. And you've shown that in, in real estate. And now, you know, I have friends who are real estate agents. And it's all about my aunt who is in her 60s, just got her real estate license. Oh, my goodness. And she's asking me, how do I film on my iPhone? Yeah. They're, they're, they're telling me that I need to start a YouTube channel. What is yeah. a YouTube channel? Yeah. So you, you've you really kind of like led the charge, I think, in this real estate game of, hey, content is a powerful tool. Anyone can do it. And you can use it as a means of selling anything. Right? Yeah. For, I mean, it's the business model now. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, we started the YouTube channel two and a half years ago, uh, not by choice. Um, <laughs> I had no intention of wanting to do it. I had no time to do it. I already do two TV shows on Bravo and, you know, yeah, the you're book like the one person who probably doesn't have to everything do it. <laughs> else. Yeah. I mean, but for business, right. I was like, ah, dude, I, I mean, who watches YouTube other than younger people? And, um, and I don't know. And it just seemed like such an expense and a thing. And I, you know, for me, I can't make it on my own, like Casey, right. And run around, um, or you or, you know, anybody else. Like I, I, I don't have the time. And like, so I got to get someone to help me. And then it's like a whole thing. And so I really pushed it off. Um, but I, I was very familiar with Casey. I'd watched this video with you, you know, familiar with obviously David and Logan. Um, I'm not a gamer, so I wasn't familiar with any of those people, but you know, I'm on, so then I'm on vacation in Africa, um, and we're in a hotel that has no TV and my sister is with us and she has two young kids, right? One is, uh, at the time was like about to go to high school and the other was in high school. Um, and I'm like freaking out. There's no TV. We're in Africa. I can't safari all day long. Like, what are we going to do? It's like this whole thing. Um, and the kids could have cared less, Wow. right? All they cared about was Wi-Fi, and it was YouTube man. because they don't watch TV. They don't watch TV. And I, I guess just because I'd never, I'm not really around the younger generation. You know, I'm 35. Uh, I grew up on TV. You know, YouTube hit like kind of, I guess maybe when I was in college, but really not till after. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like the big thing for me when we graduated college was like Hulu, right? Uh, uh, that was like a website you go to to you like can watch, watch your stuff. TV shows after yeah, they exactly. show. Um, and so, uh, and so they were watching YouTube. And that's where they watch all their content, all their shows. And that's when I then reached back out to like my guys. I was like, you know what? Millionaire listing is awesome. It's been watched by tens and tens of millions of people all around the world. But the future of my ability to generate leads through television is in question. Uh, I don't want to be the guy that's like, nah, the internet's not a thing. And then in 2000, I'm six years behind. Let's do this now. Let's be the, the first real estate broker to really use YouTube and Instagram TV to sell real estate. Mm. Like let's let's do that and maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But let's I don't want to do it just to create content, right? The content has to be entertaining, there has to be stories involved and it has to be personable otherwise it's boring. Um so let's get people together and let's get them excited. 
but then let's also generate leads through it and let's sell it. And that's what's happened. You know, we've now sold property through Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. I mean, it's it's now our business model. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it anybody, works for you when you're not making stuff because those views are and we can do it all the time. Hundreds of thousands of views. Yeah, right. it used to be that you know my clients would say, "Hey, infinitely scalable." Right, exactly. They would say, "Hey, I want to be a million dollar listing," and I'd say, "Okay, well, we're filming. I think we start the season in September, and it's going to go for six months, and then I got to talk to the producers, and it's a thing." And the show really films, you know, us selling a property from beginning to end. So it's tricky to like sell something on TV unless it's a new development, which we've also done um, uh, with YouTube. Right. As long as you have kind of that following and you can put out good content that's well lit and that looks nice and is entertaining. Now, all my clients come to me and they're like, listen, I want to be in the vlog. I want my property on the vlog and I want mm. people to see it because our property tours are what people really care about. Yeah. I try to put out stuff that's like me and my feelings and my thoughts that people are like sort of care about but it's the property tours where they're like shut up sir just show me cool property <laughs> i'm fine um and so you know and i can do it in a moment's notice yeah. right we like to try to stick to our wednesday schedule but you know i can get a property right now which we've done like we 224 mulberry um in G- in february uh, of this year we uh we listed it on uh on a wednesday the property on a wednesday we put up the vlog that night where there was a property tour it's 11 million dollars uh the buyer saw the video the next day told his broker hey what about this place broker called and said hey my client saw some video thing you posted on the thing uh he doesn't even want to be on mulberry or nolita but he says he wants to see it he came and saw it the next morning um we had an accepted offer and a contract out by the end of the day friday for 10 million dollars and he bought it hello right yep now would we have sold it anyway I mean, I hope so. Probably. Mm-hmm. Would I have found that buyer in another way? I mean, maybe the broker would have looked, but the guy wasn't even looking in that location. Yeah. And most of it, you know. And so the point of first substantive contact is the most important to me. So if we can get our properties in front of more eyeballs than anybody else, then that is worth something. Mm-hmm. The, everything else will come with it. Mm-hmm. But then that's then that's exposure, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's... million to Kylie Jenner, right? Like what is exposure on a global scale mean? Like we've sold stuff by putting it on Instagram because we've got followers in the Philippines and then who do they know? And who do they know? And then who do they know? And then they pass it. And what you can do, and I know I'm talking a lot, I'm sorry. It's just like, this is just on like the top of our mind every day. Um, You can't screenshot million dollar listing. Mm. And so it's shareability. The the most important thing to me is the shareability. Mm -hmm. So it's, you can watch a video on your phone and you can quickly with one or two taps, you can share it to anyone in the world that you know, or you can screenshot and then send it to anyone. And so, you know, people used to always give me shit like, dude, no one's buying a $12 million house or a $6 million on house on YouTube. I'm like, hey, guess what? 253 West 18th Street. It's on the market for $15 million. A 13-year-old girl saw the property tour that we put up on YouTube because it came up in the algorithm or something like that. And she had been looking at other stuff because her mom was looking at stuff on Mm. the east side. She showed it to her older sister who showed it to her mom who said, hey, this could be cool. She then told her broker and they came over and it was the only house they'd ever seen on the west side. They fell in love with it and they bought it for $12.8 million. Wow. There you go. There you go. So I think all influencers should become real estate agents and work for me. Boom. That is the through line <laughs> of everything that I'm saying, right? That's the, because we're all influencers now, even it's with 100 a hundred followers. It's arbitrage. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, okay. Wrapping things up. I have a video question oh. from my best friend in Dallas, who is a real estate agent. Um, 
And as we're wrapping things up and I'm finding this question, can you just tell the people what is big money energy? This is your next book. People can pre-order it now. We'll have it in the show notes below. What is big money energy? Are we doing this on video? Yes. Oh, are you going to film me though? Oh, oh, no, no, no. I oh. have it. She sent, she sent oh. a video. So as I'm finding it, tell me what that big money energy is. Yeah. Ryan. So uh, my first book was Sell It Like Sirhant, which I put together as kind of the toolkit for the gig economy, mm-hmm. which was all the discipline, all the structure, everything you need to know from a tactical point of view for how to sell and how to build a sales career. But then everyone started emailing me saying, okay, I know what to do. I know what to say. I know exactly what to think. But then I walk in the room and I clam up and I don't feel right. And I don't feel good about myself. And everybody else is better than me. And they're all smarter than me. And I just don't, I don't feel like I can even do it. Even though I know everything because you taught me and you told me how to do everything. Big money energy is that confidence and is that secret sauce to be able to put everything you know together so that you can walk into the room and actually make happen what you want to make happen, Mm. right? My ability to walk into a room and to convince a seller to sell versus everybody else's has nothing to do with the fact that I, that I know more about selling, right? It has everything to do with how I carry myself and how I talk to that person with a certain level of confidence that I have always called BME, which stands for big money energy. And that is what book two is. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Okay, Naomi's going to wrap us up here. This is my BFF from okay. like, you know, hey, she's, she's selling real estate in Dallas-Fort Worth. Hey, Ryan, this is Naomi Jones. I am a real estate agent here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, and my husband and I are starting to build a team. Nice. So the question we have for you is, how would you advise that we find a mentor to help us grow and build our brand Uh, but someone that we don't necessarily have to work for or under on their team. Also, if you have anybody in the DFW area that you want taken care of, send them our way. (laughs) The plug. Yeah, love the plug. It's good. Uh, I'll hit you with a similar plug. Um, uh, RyanSirhant.com slash course is... I wouldn't, I wasn't even going to bring it up here because I don't think it's like the right, that right form to, and I, I never really plug myself and I should, I'm a salesperson. Um, but, uh, you know, I built the course for every agent who asked me that same exact question, mm-hmm. which is how to build teams, how to do everything. And there's a pro program where I literally will sit with, with Naomi and with everybody else. Um, and I'll sit with them for an hour. My media team sits with them. My marketing team sits with them. And we basically do a full business audit mm-hmm. um, for their entire operation. And it's been huge for us. And I love doing it because for me, it's like, I want to, how else can I give back? Right. I can give back through, uh, money, which we do, time, which we do, but then sharing what I know with people who could benefit from it. And, you know, and if I could help Naomi build a kick-ass sales team and quadruple her income in two years just by telling her exactly how I do it in New York City, then I want to help her do that. Like, there's no IP involved here. It's just, here's everything I've learned through trial by dungeon fire. <laughs> Don't do this. You're going to do it exactly this way. And it's worked really well. Um, So I would say, yeah, check that out. Otherwise, uh, you got to look for like a broker who runs a team and take that person to coffee, right? Take that person to coffee and say, you are so successful. Kill them with kindness. Agents love that. And they love talking about themselves. Take them to coffee. Say you're willing to do anything and just ask them questions. How'd you build that team? How'd you do, how'd you, how'd you memorize their sales? Because agents and their sales, like when anyone comes up to me like, hey man, you sold 80 Columbus Circle, Penthouse 76B. Like, oh. How'd you get $4,500 a foot? And I'm like, 
well, son. <laughs> I'll tell you. But if they come up to me like, Ryan, how could I be successful? I'm like, I don't know. So I don't have time. I'm running. Right. So memorize the agent's sales and then talk to them about those sales. And it's all public. It's all on the MLSs and everything. And then they'll be like, well, you know what? That was a really great deal. Let me tell you. And this is how I built my team. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. yeah. Amazing. Well, everyone, uh, Ryan's links will be in the show notes below. The course, the book. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us here on That Creative Thanks Life. Thanks for having me. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. And until next Monday, thank you for listening. <laughs>